You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour. We got brothers and sisters tuning in from all over the U.S. and the world. Brother Baker's men tuning in from Houston, Texas. Sister um, Angelina Whaley tuning in from... Chicago, Sister Key Israel, tuning in from um, North Carolina, no, Virginia, I believe it is. Put it in there, Sister Key, so that we will know uh, where you are tuning in from. Let's go ahead and get into the what we believe, brothers and sisters. Again, what we believe so that we can go ahead and get right into our show. The Truth Hour Bible Class is an online social media Bible-based ministry. We teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus the Christ so that through um, the keeping of the commandments and the word of God, they may receive salvation. Our motto is, if you cannot read it, then do not believe it. Here's what we believe. Number one, we believe in the name Jesus. We have no dispute with the use of other names, but prefer to use the English name Jesus because, of course, we speak English. But if you want to use the name Yahshua, if you want to use the name Isus, like it was recorded in the 1611 King James Version because they didn't have J's in it, if you want to use any of those variations of the names, we have no issue and we have no problem with it. Um, number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-American, and those who were spread throughout the four corners of the earth, through the transatlantic slave trade, are indeed Israelites, and all the Lord's statutes, laws, and commandments apply to us. Number six, we believe that we must still keep the law to the best of our ability. Well, why do you say the best of your ability? Because there are some laws that you are breaking right now that you are not even knowledgeable of. So the more knowledge you gain, the more law you can keep. We just got to pray to the Lord to forgive us of our sins, brothers and sisters, because there are some things that you not even you don't even know that you're breaking, but you're breaking. So number seven, we believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law, according to Leviticus the 11th chapter. We'll get into that today too. No pork, no catfish, no shrimp, no lobster. It's a big thing in the black community now, where you got all these Cajun fish restaurants where they bring you out a bib and you got these lobsters, you got the bag and the shrimp and all that stuff like that. It's a big thing in the black community. We believe that according to Leviticus, the 11th chapter, these things are unlawful according to the word of God for us to eat. Number eight, 
We believe that both the scripture or Old Testament and the testimony of the New Testament must be used when teaching the word of God. You cannot be an old school scholar, Old Testament scholar, and a New Testament Christian. You must be both. Number nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. It was the Romans who changed the Lord's Sabbath day from Saturday to Sunday. We don't believe in that. So we keep the Sabbath day. Our Bible church class is on Saturdays from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. We don't believe in the Trinity doctrine. There's nowhere in the Bible where it calls the Holy Ghost a God. So we don't say God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. We say what the, what the book says, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, that those three are one. But it doesn't call all those three gods. There are only two in the Godhead, the Father and the Son. We don't believe in images such as crosses. According to Exodus, the 20th chapter, make no graven images of anything. Okay? We don't believe in holidays that originated in the worship of other gods. So we don't believe in Christmas. We don't believe in Easter. We don't believe in New Year's. Because we know that the origin of these holidays were founded in the worship of false idol gods. Please do your research. All you got to do is type in the pagan origin of Christmas, the pagan origin of Easter, and so on and so forth. And I ain't even got to tell you about Halloween. They teach in the church that the devil is evil all throughout the year, but in Halloween, you dress your children up as witches and werewolves and vampires and all those things that are associated with things that are evil. All right? So we don't believe in that. These are antichrists according to the Bible. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus the Christ is for all people, no matter what race, color, or nationality. According to Revelation, the 7th chapter, verse 10. Let's go ahead and get into our lesson tonight. The lesson tonight, brothers and sisters, and please share this right now because there are people who are preaching that the COVID-19 vaccine that has just been released, it was released in Europe first, but it's headed to to the United States um, probably before the end of this year. There are people teaching that it is indeed the mark of the beast, right? Well, we're going to analyze that. And we're going to be able to, <coughs> excuse me, go into um, a couple of more things as it relates to the mark of the beast in dealing in this particular subject tonight. All right? So, again, the COVID-19 vaccine, is it the mark of the beast? Let's go, brothers and sisters. There is a rumbling in the spiritual community among the nations that the COVID-19 vaccine is the mark of the beast. Can we find evidence of this in the Bible? Will everyone be made to take this vaccine? Will we have a choice when the vaccine comes out? Considering all these questions in which we have no answer to at this moment, is there any place in the Bible that we can find the answers to these questions that we are putting and proposing today on today's lesson. So we have done our research, and we have done our search, and so now it is time to let the Bible speak. Turn your Bible to Matthew, the 24th chapter. 
Matthew, the 24th chapter. Turn your Bible to Matthew, the 24th chapter. We got to go and listen to the words of Jesus, right? And his conversations with the disciples. So let's look at the signs that Jesus said would be the marking of the end of the world, okay? Matthew, the 24th chapter, verses 7 and 8, and it reads, Jesus said, for nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence. Uh-oh, the coronavirus or COVID-19 is a pestilence, brothers and sisters. There shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginnings of sorrow. So, according to Jesus right here, what we are experiencing today is just the beginnings of sorrow, right? We want to keep this thing going on because we got some evidence up in this lesson tonight. Let's go to the book of Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter. Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter. Now, again, the coronavirus is a pestilence, brothers and sisters. We want to read a little bit more about why these things have to exist. Why is there a pestilence? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter the means of how the COVID-19 virus got here. The point is that it is here, and we know nothing happens without God's permission. And if he permitted the COVID-19 or this pestilence to exist, there could only be one reason why, because of sin, brothers and sisters. Second Chronicles 7, 13 and 14, and it reads, If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, who is it that sends the pestilence, brothers and sisters? Again, nothing happens without the Lord's permission. But why would he do something like this or allow something like this to happen? It's because of sin, brothers and sisters. But listen to what he says, though, because he always gives us an out. Verse 14, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin. See, there's sin popping up, and it's attached to pestilence or disease. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We're waiting, brothers and sisters, on the land to be healed. Have we learned our lesson? Have we petitioned to the Lord? to take this COVID-19 virus away and, and asking him to take it away, what are you willing to do in exchange for him doing something for you? It's a two-way relationship, brothers and sisters. No, there's nothing that we can do to deserve God's love, grace, and mercy. But all he requires of us to do is be obedient to his statutes, his laws, and his commandments. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, the 28th chapter. Turn your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, the 28th chapter. And we're going to look more into this 
COVID-19 virus. We're going to look more into the mark of the beast, and we're going to find out more about our evidence in this lesson as it pertains to this. Now, we teach the Word of God. When we teach the Word of God, we must teach from both the Scripture and the testimony, right? So before we get into the rest of this lesson, I want to stop right here, right now, and I want to read this to you, Isaiah 28. We're going to read 9 and 10, and it says, Isaiah 28, and we're going to read verses 9 and 10, and it says, Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. So people always ask the question, why is it that when you guys are teaching this word, you go here to the Old Testament, you go to the New Testament, you go this place and you go that place? Because that was the formula that the Lord gave us on how to teach his word, on how to teach his knowledge. But again, got to be both Old Testament and New Testament. So now let's go to the New Testament. Let's go to Second Peter, the first chapter. Second Peter, the first chapter. And we're going to double down on what we just read. Second Peter, the first chapter. And we're going to start at verse 19. We're going to do 19 through 21. And it reads, We have also a more sure word of prophecy. So when you only read the New Testament and you don't get the full understanding of what you're reading, when you're reading the New Testament, the Bible tells us to go back to the Old Testament because what's in the Old Testament is where the New Testament got what it got from. I'm going to say that again. If there's something in the New Testament that you have an issue and a problem understanding, know that everything in the New Testament is only a testimony of what was already written in the Old Testament. So at verse 19, it says, we have a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, unto the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. But the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So that gives us a good foundation on which we are launching from right now. So the question is, is the vaccine the mark of the beast. Now, one of the reasons why some of our Israelite brothers and Christian brothers, which are both one and the same, as I explained in a previous lesson, say that this vaccine is evil, is that this vaccine and many of the vaccines contains porcin in it. And someone from Team Truth Hour, please type that in the comment section. Porcine, P-O-R-C-I-N-E. Again, P-O-R-C-I-N-E. So these vaccines contain porcine in it. 
which is derived from pigs. Okay? So let's go to our Wikipedia, and we're going to look up the definition of porcine. I don't know why they just don't call things what they are, but they give it all kind of different names, and it all means the same thing. It says porcine. It says the domestic pig, often called swine, hog, or simply pig, uh, when there is no need to distinguish it from other pigs, is a large, domesticated, even-toed, ungulate. It is variously considered a suspicious of the Eurasian boar or a distinct species. Porcin, adjective of affecting or resembling a pig or pigs, right? And we go down a little bit further. Um, The Merriam-Webster Dictionary, okay? Um, It says, while porcelain isn't a negative, isn't as negative a term, it may describe things that are fat, greedy, pushy, and generally piggish, okay? So they have all different kind of definitions that you may hear, but all of it is is referring to the source of it in which the porcelain came from, which is the pig. So remember what the Bible says about swine and about pig, and we stated in the beginning that we believe in the Lord's dietary law. So the question is, because the vaccine has pig in it, is it not is it unpermissible for us to take the vaccine, right? So let's go to the book of Leviticus, the 11th chapter, because since we instituted that in our lesson, we need to take you to where we can find it at in the Bible about swine or pork or pig not being permissible to eat. Let's go to the book of Leviticus, the 11th chapter. The book of Leviticus, the 11th chapter, and we're going to read two verses. We're going to read verses 4 and verses 7. Leviticus, the 11th chapter, verses 4 and verse 7. It says, Nevertheless, at 4, these shall you not eat of them that chew the cud, or of them that divide the hoof, as the camel, because he cheweth the cud, but divided not the hoof, he, he is unclean unto you. Verse 7, And the swine, Though he divideth the hoof and be clove-footed, yet he cheweth not the cud, he is unclean to you. Of their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcass shall you not touch. They are unclean unto you, at verse 8. So the Lord told us don't eat it, right? So should we take the vaccine because it has pork in it? Let's go to Leviticus, the third chapter, verse 17. Let's give you another example. Leviticus, the third chapter, verse 17. I want to read this to you. Not only is pork unclean and we're not supposed to have it, I want you to look at something else that we're not supposed to have either. Now, you know when you get that steak or when you get that lamb chop or some of the other things and it has fat on it. Some people love to eat the fat, right? Let's look at what the Bible says about eating fat. Leviticus, the third chapter, verse 17. It says, 
It shall be a per- perpetual statue for your generations throughout all your dwellings that you eat neither fat nor blood. So we can't eat pork, can't eat fat, and we can't eat blood. The reason why I'm bringing these things to your attention is because I want to prove a point to you, brothers and sisters. Now, let's go to Acts the 15th chapter. Since the Lord said that we can't eat the blood, right? Is it the same as blood transfusions? There is a religion that says that God does not permit us to take blood transfusions. This falls under the same category as what's put inside of the vaccines. Let me show you how. Let's go to Acts the 15th chapter. Acts the 15th chapter, and we're going to go to verse 20. Acts the 15th chapter, and we're going to go to verse 20. Acts the 15th chapter, verse 20. Remember, we just read that the Lord said you can't eat any pork or swine, you can't eat any fat, and you can't eat any blood, all right? Let's go to Acts, the 15th chapter, verse 20. Now, this is when the Israelites were presenting the doctrine of God to the Gentiles, whom many of them have been sacrificing to idols, And if you look at any TV series like the Vikings and various other things, they would take an animal and they would cut it and they would have the blood run in a cup and then they would drink the blood and pass it to somebody else and then they would drink it and sometimes they would take the blood and put it over their face. This is what the Lord said through the disciples to the Gentiles. It says, but that we write unto them that they abstain from the pollution of idols. Let's stop right there. So, idol worship was the order of the day for the Gentiles, for the Caucasians out of Europe. This is what they practice. It says that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. So, if the disciples is telling them to abstain from blood, What does this have to do with blood transfusions when we just read, according to the Lord and his law, you cannot eat blood? So the question is, when you're transfusing blood from my arm into another, into a bag that's going to go into another person's arm, the question is, are you eating that blood? No, brothers and sisters, you're not eating it. You're transfusing the blood from my body into another person's body. And if Jesus was allowed to shed his blood to save our lives, then why can't I use my blood to save another's life? It has nothing to do with putting it in your mouth and eating it. But we're still on the vaccine, brothers and sisters. We got a little bit more evidence that we want to point out and that we want to put together. Let's go to the book of... Leviticus, the 17th chapter, the book of Leviticus, the 17th chapter, and we're going to start at verse 22, Leviticus, the 17th chapter, and we're going to start at verse 22. The COVID-19 vaccine, is it 
the mark of the beast. We are addressing right now how many people don't want to use it because it contains pork inside of it. Porcin, brothers and sisters. Leviticus 17, let's start at, uh, let me see. I want to make sure that I got this right. I'm sorry, Leviticus 7. Leviticus 7, excuse me, brothers and sisters, and it's verse 22. Leviticus 7 and verse 22. And the Lord said, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, You shall eat no manner of fat. Now we're back at the fat of, of ox, of sheep, or of goat. And the fat of the beast that dieth of itself, and the fat of that which is torn with beast, may be used in other use. But you shall in no wise eat it. So here the Lord is permitting something that was unpermissible for us to eat to be used in another use. I'm going to read that again. Verse 22 through 24, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, You shall eat no manner of fat, of ox, of sheep, or of goat, and the fat of the beast that dieth of itself, and the fat of that which is torn with beast, may be used in any other use, but you shall in no wise eat of it. So the porcine or the pig abstract that's in the vaccine is not being consumed through the mouth or eaten, but it is used in another use, brothers and sisters. But we're not done. Let's go ahead and read a little bit more. Let's go to the book of Matthew. I'm sorry, not Matthew. Let's go to see where we're at. Yep, let's go <clears throat> let's go to the book of Matthew, the third chapter. Again, we're going to go to the book of Matthew, the third chapter. Here is another example of how our beloved John the Baptist, who used an unclean animal for another purpose other than eating it. Let's go to Matthew, the third chapter, and let's read verses 1 and 4. Matthew, the third chapter, verses 1 and 4. And it reads, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Verse 4. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair. Oh, wait a minute. That's an unclean animal. Did he eat it? No, brothers and sisters. It said his clothing his raiment of camel's hair and a leather girdle about his loins. So he used the camel skin or hair, brothers and sisters, for another purpose other than eating it. But can we find somewhere in the Bible where the camel is unclean? Let's go back to Leviticus, the 11th chapter. And let's see that although this prophet used an unclean animal, it wasn't for the purposes of consumption, as the Bible has a law against using this same animal to be eaten. 
Leviticus the 11th chapter, verse 4. Remember what he used? He used camels here. Verse 4, nevertheless, these shall you not eat of them that chew the cud or them that divide the hoof. As the camel, because he cheweth the cud but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. So again, brothers and sisters, some of these vaccines may contain animals that are deemed to be unclean in them, but the Lord permits us to use some of the animals that we are not permitted to eat for another purpose, brothers and sisters. I just wanted to point that out on our way to talking about, is it the mark of the beast? Now, in order to consider this vaccine the mark of the beast, first we have to know where we are in chronological biblical, biblical order. Ooh, that was almost a tongue twister, but I'm going to say that again. In order to consider if the vaccine is a mark of the beast, first we have to consider where we are in chronological, biblical order. So we're going to go to the book of Revelations. Now, the first question we must ask is, is it time for the mark of the beast? We have to know the protocol of God and, again, the order of things. This is the difference between those who are sent by God and a false prophet. False prophets have predicted the end of the world, the coming of Jesus, and they were all wrong because they were not sent by God. They were not reading the word of God. When we are made to take the mark, the question is, who administers the mark and whose power does he have to do it? Go to Revelation, the 13th chapter. Revelations, the 13th chapter. Revelations, the 13th chapter. And you guys might want to write these scriptures down, or if not, then go back and watch the lesson at another time. But let's go to Revelations, the 13th chapter. We're going to read verses 16 through 18. Revelations 13, verses 16 through 18. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell except he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is the wisdom. Let him that have understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred. Three score and six. So, are we at the point where we are not going to be allowed to buy or sell unless we got the COVID-19 vaccine? Stay there, brothers and sisters. Let's go to another place. Let's stay in Revelation, the 13th chapter. We're going to move up a little bit. The man of sin will come out of the Roman religious institution. I'm going to say that again. The man of sin will come out of the Roman religious institution because before we can even get a mark of the beast, we got to have the man of sin first. He will be so powerful that he will almost deceive the world. Satan will give, his, give him his power, and his power will allow him to overcome the saints. 
Remember, these things are all done with God's permission, brothers and sisters, and for his purpose. We're still in Revelation 13, but we're going to back up to verse 1. And it reads, And I, and I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his, head, his, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as a feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were, <coughs> excuse me, wounded to death, and his daily wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue for forty and two months. That's three and a half years, brothers and sisters. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his temple and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. Brothers and sisters, how can we connect this to the COVID-19 vaccine? They have totally two different things to do with each other, brothers and sisters. Totally two different things to do with one another. So let's dispel all these wives' fables. COVID-19 virus or vaccine is the mark of the beast. No, brothers and sisters, but we've got to teach you when the mark of the beast gets here, who brings the mark of the beast, and who gave the one the power to bring it. So let's continue with that in our lesson today. Let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to the book of Revelation, the 17th chapter. Again, Revelation, the 17th chapter. Now, what does the mark of the beast symbolize? In your, right, in, in your right hand and in your forehead. Your forehead represents that you are in agreement with a doctrine, with a spirit. Your right hand represents your ability to do the work of that which you believe. So not only are you believing in something that's against God, you are beginning to do the work of that disbelief as well. So let's go and turn our Bibles to the book of Revelation, the 17th chapter. The identity of the man of sin and his church. And in order for the man of sin to deceive the whole world, he must first appear as if he is God. He must have a religion. He must have a church. That church and that religion must have power. And let's find out the headquarters of that church and that religion. Revelation, the 17th chapter. We've got to find out where this Antichrist comes from. Revelation, the... 17th chapter, where does this man of sin come from? Revelation, the 17th chapter, we're going to start this at verse 9, and then we're going to do 12 and 13. 
And here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are the seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. Who is the woman? And who and what are the seven mountains? The woman is Rome, brothers and sisters. Rome is the only city that sits on seven mountains. Let's go to the Wikipedia and find out the name of those seven hills of Rome. All you got to do is type in the seven hills of Rome. You got the Esquiline Hill. You got the Palatine Hill. You got the Aventine Hill. That's three. You got the um, Capitoline Hill. That's four. You got the Quino Hill. That's five. You got the Venomo Hill. That's six. And the Calion Hill. That's seven. It identifies Rome. It identifies a location. It identifies a church. And who is the head of the Roman Catholic Church, brothers and sisters? Let's continue reading. 12 and 13. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings. These represent the European nations, brothers and sisters. They are getting together right now. The EU which the church is going to use, brothers and sisters. It says there are um, ten kings which have received no kingdom as of yet, but received and the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as of yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. They have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto one beast. Brothers and sisters, we know that this is the time of the Gentile. So don't expect this to come from Ham. Don't expect for this to come from the Arabs. Don't expect for this to come through the Edomites. So I ain't worried about the Middle East and those Arab brothers and sisters that have bombs and planes. I ain't worried about them because it's not their time. This is the time of the Gentile. So we are looking for the man to come out of the Gentile nations. And the Bible points us straight to Rome, a city that sits on seven mountains or seven hills. Brothers and sisters, we're giving you this information. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the 24th chapter. If the abomination of desolation is not from the holy place, that means that he must relocate there. Matthew, the 24th chapter, verses 15 and 16. Matthew, the 24th chapter, verses 15 and 16. And it reads, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand, then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. And see, brothers and sisters, I thought that we all had to flee at one point when you saw the uh, abomination of desolation stand in the holy place. But the Lord said, let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. So there would be people in that part of the world 
that when you see that man of sin relocate his headquarters from Rome to Jerusalem, you got to get ready. And you may not even recognize him when he get there, but that's why we're sharing with you the word of God. Now, check this out. Let's go to the book of Daniel because it says spoken of by Daniel the prophet. All right? Jesus pointed us in the direction of Daniel. He wanted us to read and understand the words of the prophecy so that we would be aware of what is to come. Daniel the 7th chapter. Daniel the 7th chapter. We got a few things to read in this Daniel the 7th chapter, but we need to show you when the mark of the beast happens. What happens when the mark of the beast comes? What time is it? Daniel, the seventh chapter, we're going to read verses 1 through 3. It says, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night. And behold, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. So Daniel now is beginning to describe the nation's from Babylon all the way to Rome that would rule in their time. But we got to go ahead and keep this thing up. Let's go to verses 7 through 8. 7 through 8, and it reads, After this I saw in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast. And that's what we want to deal with, that fourth beast. Because we know we had Babylon. We know we had Medo-Persia. We know that we had Greek. But the last one, and this fourth beast, and the one that we're dealing with, is Rome, brothers and sisters. You say, well, Black Ice, I never hear about Rome having great military might and flexing its might all over the world like America is. America got their army all over the world everywhere and got the biggest nuclear bombs that you could possibly make and, and the, the dopest technology on weaponry. Rome got your mind, brothers and sisters. Everything that is set up in America is set up based on Rome. Brothers and sisters, let's go ahead for it because I got a lot of information that I still have to give. It says, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, the strong exceedingly, and it had a and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. This is back to your Antichrist, the man that gives the mark of the beast. But you see what has to happen first? The headquarters in Rome must move to Jerusalem first. There must be a man that stands up in the holy place and announces himself 
to be God here on earth. That ain't happened yet. So you ain't got to worry about the COVID-19 vaccine being the mark of the beast. It is not, brothers and sisters. We do have to be careful because many times those vaccines uh, uh, affect us differently from other nationalities. But as, as far as it being the mark of the beast, brothers and sisters, it is not time yet. But let us go ahead and continue. Let's go ahead to um, verse 19, and then we're going to do 23 to 25. We're still in Daniel, the seventh chapter, verse 19, and it says, Then I would know the truth of this fourth beast which was diverse from all the other beasts, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured, breaking pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet. 23. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which is that Roman kingdom. Remember, we have Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greek, and Rome would be the last one. And another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. And think to change times. Who changed the new year from 14 days before the Passover, as it says in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, the, the fifth verse, on the 14th day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. But who changed the first month to the month of January? Who changed New Year's to January the 1st? Remember what we're talking about, that Roman government, and I've been showing you guys this right here for the past month or so. This is the Roman God, Janus. The Roman god Janus, who the Romans named January after. I'm going to say it again. And he should think to change times and laws. Well, it was a law that the Lord gave us, that remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. The Sabbath day was on Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, in essence on Saturday, the seventh day of the week. Well, the Romans came, and they changed the Lord's law, and they said, well, we're going to have Sunday as our church day, the first day of the week. And he should think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand into a time, one year, and times, two years. We already got the one and two, that's three, and a dividing of times, which is a three-and-a-half-year period. So when this man comes, he has a three-and-a-half-year reign, brothers and sisters. Again, he has a three-and-a-half-year reign when that man of sin comes on the scene. Let's go to Daniel, the eighth chapter. When the man of sin sets up his headquarters in Jerusalem among those who are there today, who say that they are Jews, but they are actually Edomites, mixed in with Caucasians from Europe or Gentiles that came by way of the persecution that Hitler was doing in the 1940s, and the United Nations gave them a piece of the land over there with the Edomites. But again, they were only practicing the religion of Israel. But they were not Israelites. They were Gentiles. 
And you can read about them in Genesis, the 10th chapter, verses 1 through 5, because these so-called Israelites call themselves Ashkenaz Jews or Ashkenazi Jews. And you can read that the lineage of Ashkenaz or Ashkenazi were amongst the Gentiles' lineage. So how did this Gentile become a Jew? He adopted the religion of Israel, and then he changed his nationality. That would be the same way if I went to Asia and studied Buddhism, and then I just said, I am no longer an Israelite, I'm Chinese now. The whole world fell forward, brothers and sisters, but we know who you are. So when this man of sin from Rome goes over into Jerusalem where the Edomites mixed in with those people who came over in 1948 under the persecution that survived Hitler's persecution, come among them, there is something that must happen because they're going to reinstitute sacrifices over there. Let's go to Daniel, the 8th chapter, verses 9 through 12. Daniel, the 8th chapter verses 9 through 12, and it reads, And out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceedingly great towards the south and towards the east and towards the pleasant land. And it waxed great, even to the host of heaven. And it cast down some of the hosts and of the stars to the ground and stepped upon them. Yeah, he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifices was taken away. So before he got over there, the Edomites mixed in with the Gentiles restarted the daily sacrifice. But when he got over there, it says, and by him the daily sacrifices were taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. And an host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression. And it cast down the truth to the ground, and it practiced and prospered. So we're going to go down to verses 15 through 17. We're still in Daniel the 8th chapter, verses 15 through 17. And it came to pass when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning, then behold, there stood before me as appeared, uh, as the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. So he came near where I stood. And when he came, which is the Holy Ghost, brothers and sisters, because he's the one that delivers the understanding to man. I pray to God that he sends you another comforter, even the Holy Spirit, so that he may guide you and lead you, lead you and guide you into all truth. Anytime Gabriel showed up on the scene, he was leading and guiding the one who he was sent to into all truth. No different here. It says, so he came near where I stood, and, he, and when he came... I was afraid and fell upon my face. But he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. Right? So let's find out a little bit more from Gabriel what he was telling Daniel. Brothers and sisters, this is a lot of information. But 
We need it, and it's dope because it's here. Let's go to the book of 2 Thessalonians because we're going to go back to Daniel, but give me a minute. 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, verses 1 through 4. 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, verses 1 through 4, and it reads, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God, sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So we got descriptions all through the word of God of when the man of sin comes, what he will be doing, exalting himself as if he is God, brothers and sisters. It's about to get better, so hold on. Again, there's a three-and-a-half-year time period of trouble called the Great Tribulation. This is the time that the man of sin will be revealed and Satan will overcome the saints. Despite what is happening during this time, God's word still must be preached. Let's go to Matthew, the 24th chapter, verses 21 through 22. Matthew, the 24th chapter, verses 21 through 22. I think now you know, brothers and sisters, that the COVID-19 virus or vaccine cannot be the mark of the beast because this man of sin has not arrived on the scene yet. Matthew, the 24th chapter, verses 21 and 22, and it reads, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not seen since the beginning of the world, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time, nor ever shall be. And except those days shall be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So God says that I'm only going to let this man reign for three and a half years. I ain't going to let him go past that. Because if he did, no flesh would be saved. Let's go to Revelation, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 3. Revelation, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 3. And it reads, And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court, which is without the temple, leave out, and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. So for those who say that the Gentiles are not going to be a part of salvation, and, and some of them won't be a part of the kingdom of God, the Bible ain't saying the same thing you saying. So let's not be false prophets and 
create a new doctrine that's a false doctrine. That's why we said in the beginning of our lesson that salvation is for everybody who's willing to come and accept the statutes, laws, and the commandments of God. We're still at verse 2, and it says, And the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Forty and two months is three and a half years. It says, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy one thousand two hundred and three score days. That's three and a half years. Do the math. Clothed in sackcloth. So we got a three and a half year period that is going to come upon this earth. That's when the mark of the beast is going to be seen. That's when it's going to come. And it ain't right now, brothers and sisters. So the COVID-19 vaccine, no, brothers and sisters, is not the mark of the beast. However, we are being prepared for the mark of the beast right now. Again, in your forehead and in your hands, are you going to believe the false doctrine that the false prophet or the man of sin comes to give us? Maybe you're believing some of the things right now and you don't even know. The mark comes out of the spirit of Satan and in the manner of false teachings. Some are teaching people right now that they don't have to keep the Sabbath day. That's preparing you for the mark of the beast when in the Ten Commandments the Lord said, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Others are telling people that, yeah, you can wear a cross, ain't nothing wrong with it. Yeah, you can put up a tree in your home, ain't nothing wrong with it. The Lord said, make no images of anything in heaven, on earth, or beneath the earth. Exodus, the 20th chapter, and Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, the Lord said, don't get a tree and put it in your home and decorate it. But we do it. Unbeknownst to many of us, we are actually preparing ourselves to carry the mark of the beast. How are you going to know the difference of whether it's right or whether it's wrong? The only way we're going to know is read the word of God. They're telling people you can eat what you want to eat. All you got to do is pray over it. When in the beginning of this lesson, we showed you that in the word of God, God said, hey, don't eat anything that's unclean. Although you can use the unclean animal for other purposes, you're not supposed to eat it. But they say just pray over it. Refuse the mark of the beast in your forehead and in your right hand. But the question is why? Go to Deuteronomy, the 6th chapter, verses 4 through 6. Deuteronomy, the 6th chapter, verses 4 through 6. And it reads, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in your heart. How do you love the Lord? Not just by saying you love the Lord. You love the Lord by keeping his statutes, his laws, and his commandments. And if you don't know what they are, it is time for you 
to get into a Bible-based ministry like the Bible Class Truth Hour to learn what these statutes, laws, and commandments are. Let's go back to the book of Daniel. Daniel, the 11th chapter. Remember, this is a three-and-a-half-year period called the Great Tribulation period. There must be a temple built. Many shall be deceived, and those of us who speak the truth the Bible says of us, we will be killed during this time of the man of sin and the great tribulation period. Let's go to Daniel, the 11th chapter, verses 31 through 37. Daniel, the 11th chapter. And we're going to close out pretty much in the book of Daniel, brothers and sisters, so keep it here. Daniel, the 11th chapter, and we're going to read verses 31 through 37, and it reads, an arm shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice. That's like the third time we heard about the daily sacrifice that was reinstituted. Once the man of sin gets over there, it's going to be taken away. That must be something important that we have to pay attention to. It says, and they shall place the abomination that make of desolate, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many. Yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame, by captivity, by spoil, many days. Now, when they shall fall, they shall be hoping with a little help. But many shall cleave to them with flatteries. So don't kill me. Okay, cool. I, I, I'm going to roll with you. Don't Just don't kill me. But God said, stand fast. He's going to wake you up again. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge. Y'all remember that movie, The Purge? Where do you think the movie Purge came from? And to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods, and shall prosper to the indignation be accomplished that three-and-a-half-year period. For that that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women. What leaders in the church don't desire women? The priest, brothers and sisters, the hierarchy from the Roman church. I'm going to read that again. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. Brothers and sisters, we got to know who this man is, what church he comes from, where the church is located, and the sign of the times when that three-and-a-half-year period is supposed to start. So let me share with you when it's supposed to start. Let's go to Daniel, the 12th chapter, verses 8 through 13. 
Daniel the 8th chapter, I'm sorry, Daniel the 12th chapter, verses 8 through 13. Daniel the 12th chapter, verses 8 through 13. It says, And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Why we going to understand? Because we got this book. That's why we're going to understand, brothers and sisters. But I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. I want you to listen very closely. And it says, And from the time that the daily sacrifices shall be taken away, we read over and over again about the daily sacrifices being ceased. Here's why. And here's why it's important. And please listen, brothers and sisters. From the time that the daily sacrifices shall be taken away and the abomination that make of desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Wait a minute. We got two different calculations. We got 1,290 days, and then we got 1,260 days. What's, what's, what's going on here, brothers and sisters? Why is there a difference of time here? I'm going to go back and read again where the 1,260 days were written, although in the book of Daniel we got 1,290 days. Here is the reason why. Let's go back to the book of Revelations, the 11th chapter, and read that one more time, and then we'll go back to the book of Daniel and show you the difference between the two. Revelation, the 11th chapter, verse 3. It says, And I will give power unto my witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score, a score is 20. Three score is 60. So if they're going to prophesy during the Great Tribulation period, that three and a half year period, 1,260 days, then why do we get 1,290 days in the book of Daniel? Let's go back to the book of Daniel real quick and let me show you, brothers and sisters. Daniel, the 12th chapter, and let's go down one more time to Daniel, the 12th chapter. Is it the 12th chapter? Yep, Daniel, the 12th chapter, and we're going to read, read verse, okay, verse 12 again. Daniel, the 12th chapter, and we're going to read verse, verse 11 again. It says, remember we got 1,260 days in the book of Revelation in which the man of sin will reign that three and a half year period. But look at what it says in the book of Daniel. It says, and from the time, and from the time 
that the daily sacrifices shall be taken away and the abomination of death uh, and the abomination that make of desolate set up there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days that means brothers and sisters that when that man of sin comes and stands in the holy temple and ends the daily sacrifice you got 30 days to get out of there Again, you got 30 days to flee into the wilderness. Let me show you this chart that the Truth Hour Research Committee came up with right here. The Great Tribulation period is three and a half years or 42 months. The days of the Great Tribulation period that we just read in Revelation, the 11th chapter, last for 1,260 days. The daily sacrifice to the time that the man of sin reigns is 1,290 days. So when you subtract 1,260 days from 1,290 days, that is a difference of 30 days. You have 30 days to flee into the wilderness, brothers and sisters. Again, you have 30 days to flee into the wilderness from the time that the man of sin ends the daily sacrifice. Let's go ahead and close tonight's lesson, brothers and sisters. Let's go back to Matthew, the 24th chapter. If we can make it past the great tribulation period, we will see the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Oh, what a glorious day that will be Matthew, the 24th chapter, verses 29 through 31. Matthew, the 24th chapter, verses 29 through 31. Some people say, well, Jesus is back already, or Jesus can come back any day now. Jesus cannot come back any day now. All those things that we were just reading must happen first before Jesus can come back. Let's read Jesus' words. He said here, Matthew, the 24th chapter, verse 29, immediately after, immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then... And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great authority. So, brothers and sisters, you want to see Jesus come back? You are waiting on that day? Fine, I'm waiting on that day too. But we got to go through all this hell first before Jesus comes back, brothers and sisters. I didn't say it. I read it to you. Then there are some people walking around here saying, well, Jesus is going to rapture us off the earth to avoid the great, great tribulation. Brothers and sisters, 
Another doctrine. Another doctrine. Jesus prayed to the Father. Let's go to the book of John, the 17th chapter. Is Jesus going to come and take us away to avoid the great tribulation before the great tribulation happens? Jesus don't even come until after the great tribulation. We just read that. So where are people getting these doctrines from? John, the 17th chapter. John, the 17th chapter. And let's see what Jesus, because see, what we believe and what Jesus believes may be two different things. So what is your belief based on? John, the 17th chapter, we're going to do 14 and 15. John, the 17th chapter, verses 14 and 15. Is Jesus going to come and rapture us off and remove us to avoid this great tribulation period? Let's put Jesus on the witness stand. Jesus, is this what you prayed to the Father to do? Let's read Jesus' answer. Do you swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth? Of course he does. Because Jesus cannot lie. So let's read what he says. John, the 17th chapter, verse 14 and 15. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of this world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not, I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. Jesus never prayed to the Father to take us out of this world to avoid anything. He just said, Father, all I'm doing is that I'm praying for you to keep them from the evil. Because the evil is coming. I'm going to read that again. John 17:15. I pray not that you should take them out of the world. So you're not being raptured off. Who gave you that doctrine? It didn't come from this Bible, and it didn't come from Jesus. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. Last place, guys. Let's close out. And I definitely appreciate you bearing with us with this lesson tonight. And this was not on our programs of lessons to do for the month of December. So you know what that means. That for the next two weeks, we got to do three lessons. The Greatest Story Never Told, um, um, part one, part two, and part three. You're going to learn about Jesus, brothers and sisters. Before he came in the flesh through Mary, while he was here in the flesh, and the one that comes back. The Greatest Story Never Told, Part 1, Part 2, Part 3. So that means that we're going to do a lesson on Christmas Day. So let's close this thing out. If we make it through the Great Tribulation to see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ coming in the clouds back to this earth to establish his thousand-year reign. And like I said, oh, what a beautiful day that would be, brothers and sisters. Let's show it to you. Revelation is the 20th chapter. <clears throat> Revelation is the 20th chapter, and we'll close out with this. If you are resurrected when Jesus comes back, 
The Bible calls you blessed. But everybody won't be resurrected when Jesus comes back. This resurrection is reserved for those who keep the statutes, the laws, and commandments. Well, Brother Black Ice, my parents didn't know not to celebrate Christmas. They didn't know that they shouldn't have been eating pork and catfish. They didn't know. Many of our people didn't know, brothers and sisters, because we came up as slaves under slave masters, and we did what we saw the Gentiles do. It's okay. They're going to be resurrected too, brothers and sisters. They just have to wait another thousand years after those who are resurrected in the first resurrection, who kept the statues and the laws, who knew to keep it, who knew what they were and knew what to keep it and did keep it. Let's read it. Revelation is the 20th chapter, verse 4 through 6. And it says, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. So those who are resurrected in the first resurrection, they're going to be rulers. They're going to have thrones. They're going to be judging people. And then it says, and I saw the souls that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. Well, those are people who were killed because they kept the statutes, laws, and the commandments of God. But there's another group that's going to be still here when Jesus comes back. Let's read. And which had not worshipped the beast, talking about the false prophet when he comes, the man of sin, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had the mark of the beast, neither received his mark upon their foreheads or in their right hands. So these people who refused the mark, these people who were killed for the witness of Jesus, at the end of that verse says, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But what about the people who didn't die in Jesus or live in Jesus? And I'm not talking about those who just went to church. I'm talking about those who kept the statutes, laws, and commandments. And maybe they were good people. What happened to those people that didn't become resurrected when Jesus comes back? Let's read verse 5. It says, but the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. Why? It says, this is the first resurrection. So the first resurrection is reserved for those who opened up that Bible, learned what the Lord said to do, and learned what the Lord said not to do. So for those of us who just saying, well, you know, I don't need to read that Bible. I just know I love the Lord. And I try, I try to pe treat people nice, and I try to treat people good. Fine, you're a good person. You just may not make it in the first resurrection. Verse 6, blessed and holy is he that have part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. So, the second death, brothers and sisters, is the lake of fire. And see, those who come up in the second resurrection have to be judged based on their life here on earth. And that's why it says, blessed and holy is he who have part in the first resurrection. Because if you come up in the first resurrection, you don't have to be judged. You pass the test during your life here on earth before you died. 
So again, it says, blessed and holy is he that have part in the first resurrection on such the second death have no power. You have no chance of being in the lake of fire if you make it in the first resurrection. It says, but they, talking about those who are in the first resurrection, shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Brothers and sisters, that's the goal. The goal is to be in that first resurrection so that we can be judges, so that we can be priests, so that we can rule and reign with Christ during his thousand-year kingdom that he's coming back to establish here on earth. So, brothers and sisters, given the evidence that we have given today on this show, Without a shadow of a doubt, we know that the COVID-19 vaccine is not the mark of the beast. It is not time yet, brothers and sisters. So let that decision to be, up, be up to you, but don't put it on God. I want to thank you so much for your time. For those who are out there watching and listening, you are tuned in to the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the POET Network, the four-time national award-winning POET Network. We're live every Tuesday, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. And tonight's lesson was the COVID-19 vaccine and the mark of the beast. Again, the COVID-19 vaccine and the mark of the beast. Get into the Word of God. Know that Word of God for yourself. Read that Bible, brothers and sisters. Then you will know that now is not the time. So many people have come and predicted that Jesus was coming back. Remember David Koresh and the Branch Divinian killed all those people. Jim Jones killed all those people. Jehovah Witnesses predicted uh, that Jesus was coming back in the late 1800s, in the early 1900s, in the mid-1970s. All they had to do was read this book. There has to be a relocating of the Roman Catholic Church headquartered in Rome to Jerusalem. We just read all those things to you, brothers and sisters. You may ask the question, why are these pastors teaching these things? Because they have not been sent by God. The Lord said if they had been sent, uh, they, if they had stood in my counsel, he said, but I ain't sent these pastors. I ain't sent these preachers. That's why you are so confused. That's why you think that Christianity or the Bible is not valid because you've been mistaught. So, brothers and sisters, again, I thank you for tonight's lesson. If you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312 719-7310. Again, text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. And that way you will get a text message right before we go on the air. And it will tell you what the topic or the lesson is for that particular night and that we are about to go on air. Again, that number is right in the comment section, 312-719-7310.
If you are on YouTube, then please go on YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Truth Hour TV. It's right in the comment section. And YouTube, if you are on Facebook, then go like our Facebook group page, which is called The Truth Hour Bible Show. Again, The Truth Hour Bible Show. So, brothers and sisters, if you are interested in becoming a part of Team Truth Hour, our ministry, to help us get this word out, to help us share these lessons, to invite people to the lessons, to be a part of our research committee, then anyone that's about to type in the comment section right now, Team Truth Hour, you can reach out to myself, Key Israel, or any of the members of Team Truth Hour. Team Truth Hour at this time, put in the comment section, Team Truth Hour. You can reach out to any of them. With that being said, brothers and sisters, I thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour tonight. I am your brother, um, Black Ice, on behalf of our Team Team Truth Hour. We're going to stand up, face Jerusalem, and pray out. Father God, we come to you again, Father God, as we did in the beginning of this lesson, to say thank you, Father God. We know that we fall short of your glory, Father God. We know that we are living in sin, and we are sinful, Father God. We ask that you come into our lives right now, Father God, and help us to resist the temptation of Satan, Father God. We know that we are not living to your standard. We ask that you give us comfort and give us strength and give us the spirit, Father God, to resist. We ask that this lesson tonight reach those that had an ear and that they heard the word, Father God, that came out of your book, which was your words and not mine. We pray that everyone that listened tonight was edified and that you were glorified in your mighty son, Jesus, Yeshua name, Father God. We pray this prayer. Amen. We thank you again, brothers and sisters, for another powerful lesson. And we ask that you continue to tune in on Tuesdays, continue to share this lesson, start your watch parties. You're going to be hearing people talk about it more and more. Is it the mark of the beast? COVID-19 vaccine. I don't want to take it. It got pork in it. Brothers and sisters, if you didn't listen to the beginning of this lesson and you came in a little bit late, we have some very vital, important information that you might want to go and check out. All right, brothers and sisters, peace and blessings in Jesus' name. Good night.